You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. I don't make no apologies for getting excited about Jesus. And that's why I don't feel guilty and I don't feel bad about trying to provoke you to praise God. Because if we don't praise Him, we've not lived for our purpose. Amen. Because our ultimate and highest aim and goal should be to glorify God with our lives above all else. And if we can't do it at the house of God, I doubt we're going to do it out there in the world. Amen. At least let us start here and pray that it carries on throughout the week. Amen. In today's message, Pastor Gary speaks about King David and how he was referred to as a man after God's own heart. Pastor Gary explains how this refers to King David as always trying to do as God commanded without fearing the repercussions. We are called to do the same thing. We are instructed to follow the word and will of God, no matter what others may think of us. Pastor Gary speaks about how King David was described to dance for the Lord with all his might and how we must always do the same. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6 as he begins his message, Offering Up a Mighty Praise. Open your Bible to the book of 2 Samuel chapter number 6. I know what time it is. And it is time for us to give our undivided attention to the Lord. Second Samuel chapter 6. Read with me in your Bible, verse 12, if you can stand to your feet to reverence God's word. I would appreciate that. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Notice the phrase, with gladness. Verse 13, And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. There's a principle in that verse that will not take time to preach, but just to point out that you need not to take too many steps without pausing and giving God praise. Verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. We'll stop reading there and focus on verse 14, where the Bible said that David danced before the Lord with all his might. Today my assignment is to preach unto you this thought, offering up a mighty praise. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for the next little while, I pray now that you would clothe me with humility, wash me in your blood, fill me with your spirit, and hide me behind the cross so that as I speak forth the words of God from your book, that it would penetrate our hearts to such a degree that we will leave this place having said that we had an encounter with God Almighty. May we not look at it as feeble words from uh, lips of clay, but as of the oracles of God from your word. And help us to do exactly that. Help us not to speak anything in contradiction to or in opposition to your word. 
and your will and your spirit. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The nation of Israel got all fouled up with God. It was a, a repeating occurrence and somehow or another, and I don't have time to get into the details this morning. There's, let me say this, this verse and this passage is so loaded uh, with, with truths and concepts and avenues that we could take down that I've, I only have time to focus on specifically the angle that God has led me to take this morning. I'm sure there are others that could do a much greater job preaching expositorily upon this text. Uh, and I may, in some people's minds, slaughter it, and I pray that I don't. But I'm going to do the best that I can with the help of the Lord. Amen. But they were in a mess. The uh, enemy had come and taken their ark from them because they got in trouble with God. And the ark uh, is symbolic of the presence and the blessings of God in their life. And one of the problems that Israel had is they worshipped the ark rather than the God of the ark. They wanted to start using the ark as a, uh, a trinket, a, uh, a good luck charm, without, uh, without any respect to the God of the ark and the principles that he came to deliver to them and expect them to live by. And isn't that what we do sometimes? We, we treat church attendance, we treat Bible reading sometimes, we treat our daily religious routine sometimes. Uh, we're guilty of treating those as good luck charms. Well, I read my Bible, so God's got to bless me. God don't have to do nothing if you're still living in opposition to what that book says. Can I get an amen? We got to be more interested in, and some people even uh, make a, build whole denominations on which version of the Bible that they preach out of. And I've got my own preference by conviction, but we're not going to harp on that this morning because I'm more interested in learning about the God of the Bible. Can I get an amen? What does this book say to me and how can I live by its principles? And what does God expect of me? I can wrap a Bible around my chest and walk around with it and act like I'm holier than everybody else. But if I don't understand its context, and respect its principles, then I am a hypocrite and God help me for pretending to be something that I am not. Amen. And so many times they would get in trouble because they forgot about the God of the ark. But in this case, I believe God was sending a message to David. When David heard about the fact that the ark had been parked uh, in the house of a heathen, in the house of an unbeliever, in the house of an idol worshiper. But God began to open up the wounds of the barren, and God be began to give him the best tomato patches you've ever seen in your life. And everything started coming to life and blooming and blossoming. And you ain't seen the flowers that they could plant at the house of Obed-Edom. You ain't seen the grass any greener than anywhere else. And the Bible said that God had blessed his house. And, and David got word of it and said, oh, God must be He's showing us something. He wants to be back in our midst uh, so he can bless us again. Amen. Uh, and I want to tell you something. God wants his manifested presence back in his churches today so that he can bless his people again. Amen. God help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness and not settle for the fact that God is blessing somewhere else and somebody else and some other ministry. And we look at, we could pull up uh, uh, any number of ministries online or on television and we can ooh and we can ah and we can say oh boy I wish God moved like that over here but I'm, I got news for you amen we can have just as much of God's presence manifest uh, and just as much of the blessings of God on our ministry as any ministry on this planet uh, if we're willing to go after the presence of God can somebody say amen this morning 
But we're going to have to learn what David learned. What did David learn? Let me say something about David. The Bible described David as a man after God's own heart. What that literally means, I believe, is that he was interested in what God was interested in. That he wanted to know and understand and pursue what's on God's heart. Have you ever asked someone when you noticed a troubled look on their face, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What are you thinking about? And typically when we ask them that, we're we're prodding so that maybe we can discover their issue and maybe come to their aid to minister healing and help and strength. When was the last time you come to the Lord and said, Lord, what's on your mind today? What's on your heart today? What's on your agenda today, Lord? I'm going to set my agenda aside because we're so busy talking to God about what we want Him to do for us and the things he want, we want Him to, uh, the, the prayers we want Him to answer and the people that we're asking Him to heal. And He's good with that. He don't mind us asking. In fact, He told us to ask. But when was the last time we said, Lord, today I'm not going to ask you for something from me, but I want to ask something from you. Would you show me your heart? Show me what you're thinking about. Show me what your will is. Is there a place uh, that I'm outside of your will? Is there a way that I can get closer to you? Is there a way that I could be more pleasing to you? And I believe that this is the essence of being people after God's own heart. To figure out what is the heartbeat of God. Amen. And uh, there's much that could be said about that. Uh, but one thing we learned is that as David uh, began to discover the heart of God, uh, it's very evident in the fruit of David's uh, ministry and earthly existence uh, that what his, his actions, I believe, uh, direct, was in direct correlation to what God revealed to him his heart was. And what do we see do, David doing as much as anything in his life? It's praise. I believe if we could hear the heartbeat of God, I believe if we were to hear from the Spirit of the Lord this morning more than anything else, God would say, I want my people to learn how to praise me. I want my people to learn how to adore me. I want my people to learn how to worship me in spirit and in truth. And I'm not talking about some religious formality this morning. I'm not talking about uh, how many noise decibels that you can create with your set of lungs and your vocal cords. It may get loud, but that's not the point. Uh, How loud does your worship uh, get uh, in showing this world who your allegiance belongs to in your actions, in your attitudes, in your goals, and in your aspirations. And I believe if we were to know the heartbeat of God, it would be that God's people recognized His preeminence and acknowledged His glory and began to live like it. Amen. And let people know the Bible says to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And God forgive us for being too quiet. We have a King of kings and a Lord of lords that are at the head of our ship uh, and we pretend like we're defeated we pretend like we're discouraged uh, and we act like we're on the last run uh, last mile amen we're fixing to lose it all sometimes we get discouraged depressed amen and god says i'm above that uh, and you need to get your thinking up the bible says oh magnify the lord Uh, all you people that means to get your perspective right Uh, god cannot be any bigger than he already is except in your perspective So if you're not praising him this morning, if I'm not praising him this morning, it's because our perspective of him is too low. God would have us to elevate our perspective of him, to understand that he's above it all. 
that he knows it all. And he is your all. Somebody say amen this morning. Uh, I'm talking about offering up a mighty, mighty praise. David danced before the Lord with all his might. I believe that David danced so hard that if he comes down this aisle dancing the way he did in the Bible, that it would scare most of us Baptists to death. Can I get an amen? I think it would make us nervous. I think we would say, oh, I don't want, we can't have that kind down here. They might think we're Pentecostal. And we're more afraid of being labeled than we are giving God glory. Can I get another amen? Amen. (laughs) But David danced with all of his might. Let's look at that quickly. I got to hurry. This word might means boldness. It does mean loudness. It does mean strength. It does mean power. And it does mean majesty. That's a pretty big word. I'm talking about offering up a mighty praise to God. Uh, Webster defined this as ability. He also defined it as strength or application of means, strength or force of purpose, and strength of affection. I believe that this gives us some insight as to what it means to offer up a mighty praise unto God. That if we're going to praise God mightily like King David did and and be a man after God's own heart, uh, then we're going to be willing to praise Him with our means. Uh, That's what's in our hands. Uh, We're going to be willing to praise God with our purpose. Uh, That's with our actions. Uh, And we're going to be willing to praise God with our affection, which is in our hearts. It's going to encompass every single facet of your life. God doesn't want your Sunday morning routine. He wants every fiber of your being and every waking moment of your day and every sleeping hour of your night. God is an all-consuming fire, and he didn't come to set up a little corner in your house while you keep charge of most of it, but he came to take over, honey. And it's time that the church of the living God set our agendas aside and let the king of glory come in, set up rule and reign front and center, and have the preeminence in our lives and have the preeminence in our ministry and let every man be liar and let God be true. Amen, church. Yes, give God some glory this morning. Give him a mighty praise, a mighty praise to praise him with our means. By the way, when we're talking about praise, we're speaking of outward expression of inward devotion. We can worship God all by ourselves with just us and God. I do, I do it often. Hopefully you do too. Amen. But praise is the act of publicly announcing your affection to him. (laughs) To let others know how worthy he is and why he's worthy. So that they too can submit both knees to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise is an outward expression of an inward devotion to God. I believe that when somebody as big as God moves in on the inside of you, Amen. As little as you and I are, he's going to have to pop out somewhere. Amen, church. He's going to have to show up somewhere. He's going to show up in your talk. He's going to show up in your walk. He's going to show up in the places you go. Amen. He's going to show up in the things that you do. Somebody say amen. We're going to have to give God some glory with our life. And start. it starts with our means. Now, let, do you want to know what happens when, when we begin to give God some praise that's due His name? We could find it in the book of Psalm, chapter number 24. 
And verse number 7, the Bible says, Lift up your heads, O ye uh, gates, and be ye lift up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Let's read, and he, and, he, and he says, who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong, and that's that capital, all caps word, <laughs> Yahweh, hallelujah. The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. You know why he wants a mighty praise? Because he is mighty, amen, uh, and you can't praise him enough, uh, amen. And then he repeats himself in verse 9 for emphasis. And I like what one preacher said, when God speaks once, it's enough. But pay attention when he repeats himself, even more so. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. What God is saying to us today, if you want the manifested power and presence of God in your midst again, then you're going to have to give him an introduction worthy of who he is. Amen. And you can't mully grub and expect him to show up. And you can't whine and complain and expect him to show up. And you can't, amen, feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party and talk about all your problems and what the church is doing wrong and why we can't get nothing done and be the... The, the ten that doubted when they came and spied out the land and talking about how the giants are too big, the problems are too hard, and there's no way we can defeat him. And any church that talks like that will never see God do anything big in their midst. But God give us a church that says the Lord is high and lifted up. The Lord's train fills the temple. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords, and there's nothing too strong for him. There's nothing too hard for him and you get to lift up the name of the Lord and God will come in the back door and walk up front and take over amen and he'll show you what he can do with the people that's willing to just lift him up and keep their focus on him and his ability and his strength instead of our weaknesses you know how David won many a battle because he was a praiser Amen. He, he kept his focus not on his inadequacies, but on the Lord's abilities. Amen. Uh, when the Lord gave us the model prayer, the first thing we do is say, Our Father, which art in heaven, <laughs> whoo, we acknowledge who he is. We, we acknowledge <laughs> where he is. Amen. Uh, he's the Father, number one. He's in heaven, number two. And then number three, uh, we acknowledge what he is. His name is Hallowed. Uh, amen. And you'll get nowhere in your prayer until you establish base number one, who God is, where God is, and what God is to you. You got to get your thinking up. If you want God to come in and show up uh, and be on the scene in your personal life or in your ministry, you're going to have to give him some praise and honor and glory. And that's why I don't make no apologies for getting excited about Jesus. And that's why I don't feel guilty and I don't feel bad about trying to provoke you to praise God. Because if we don't praise him, we've not lived for our purpose. Amen. Because our ultimate and highest aim and goal should be to glorify God with with our lives above all else. And if we can't do it at the house of God, I doubt we're going to do it out there in the world. Amen. At least let us start here and pray that it carries on throughout the week. Amen. We got to praise him with our means. 
That's right. <laughs> Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter number 29 real quickly. And verse number 2. Yes, Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 2. I'll actually start reading verse 1. We're talking about praising with our means. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. David, you remember, was wanting to build a house for the Lord, and the Lord said, you've got too much blood on your hands. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let your son build it. And so David couldn't build it, but he could gather the materials. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll facilitate the process as much as you'll allow me, Lord. <laughs> and he began, and this is interesting, Solomon. He said, my son is still young. He's tender. He's not been hardened by life and its disappointments and its challenges yet. Uh, he's going to need some strength. He's going to need some guidance. He's going to need some help. Amen. But God has chosen him, right? And, and can I say this as your relatively new pastor? The work is too great for me. First Chronicles instead of Second Chronicles. My apologies. Thank God for an awesome wife. Y'all give her some love this morning. Amen. <laughs> I thought she's flagging me down. What have I said wrong? My apologies. First Chronicles chapter 29. Thank you, sweetheart. But as your pastor, this work is too great for me. And this work is too great for you as an individual. But this work is not too great for God. So it's our job to figure out how we can work together to stand out of God's way and let him do it through us. And each of us just do our part. Amen? None of us have called to do it all. All of us are called to do some of it. Amen? And so give it to God. Verse 2. Now I have prepared... What did David say next? With all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold. And I, I'm not going to read the whole list, but he's got gold, silver, brass, uh, carpet, everything you can imagine. He's, he, he, he just poured it all in and, and, and laid it all out. I, I believe he even had the template laid out. And the, and the set of instructions and said, now, Solomon, I, don't, I can't do this, uh, but this is how you do it. And I believe he gave him the blueprint and said, this, if you'll put these pieces here and put those pieces there, it'll all come together. Don't you think he, uh, he, he, he laid it out, probably even laid out the plan maybe. But it was because his heart was in it. And he didn't limit anything. And because of his example, verse 6, then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the, the service of the house of God of gold. And then it skips to silver. Verse 8, it skips to stones. Verse 9, the Bible says, then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. I wish I could take time this morning to delve into all of what's in this chapter but my main point and my main emphasis is they gave mightily of their means and they rejoiced greatly and they were with one mind and one accord and of a willing heart. And God wants our praise to manifest in our giving. I want to ask you a question. Does your giving reflect a mighty praise to God? Oh, Lord, help us this morning. 
at the times that we've held back. And our giving can directly reflect our, our ability or our willingness to praise the Lord. God does not uh, ask you to give any more than you can give, but He does ask that what you give is given with all of your heart, with willingness and admiration and purity of heart. Amen, church. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycottle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U, D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.